Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents? We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose to be fair and just, to do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital seal, it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more. Mike Keith, Voice of the Titans. Uh, yeah. Mike, did you? I, I know you're a busy Saturday evening. Did you catch any college football during the day Saturday? I did not. I did not because we were we were preparing for for our work, and so I didn't have a chance to just sit down and watch anything. And there wasn't a lot on, was there? No, it's just Scott Frost going for onside kicks up eleven, trying to lose games, and and he did. So you know, there's that. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> Mikey, boys, the tights with us. Uh, preseason is over. Uh, now we head toward the regular season. Obviously, the news of the day: Brett Kern has been released. What did Brett mean to this this organization? A lot in so many different ways. We relied on Brett Kern to not only follow Craig Hentrick as what I think was the most complete punter in the league. And I recently made the comment, and I'll repeat it again. I, I thought Craig Hentrick was the best because he could do anything and everything. And I think Brett Kern was probably better, which is the ultimate compliment to me. I mean, to think how blessed that we have been since 1998 with our punters, uh, not only what they did for us in different situations in, in big games, and obviously the Brett Kern moment that stands out is, sealing the the game against the New England Patriots in the playoffs by punting them to the one-yard line and setting up the Logan-Ryan interception, which put it away for good. But just day in, day out, the consistency of his professionalism on and off the field, uh, you are going to hear what a good guy he is, and you're going to hear that in, in all circles, and I certainly concur with that. The thing I'll add is what he did for our franchise in moments where maybe we weren't, you know, 11 and five or 12 and five. I mean, you know, we had some rough years and and he stepped forward for our organization at different moments where we needed players to step forward and it's not easy to step forward. So I just think about his overall professionalism. He did his job on and off the field as well as any Titan has done it. And I, I like I like Brett Kern very much personally. I think the world of him, but also have so much respect for what he did for all of us on the business side and on the football side with the Tennessee Titans. Very well said, and and he will retire here. Uh, he loves he loves Nashville, so uh, we wish him the best. Obviously, uh, and not that Stonehouse can't do this or get to the point where he can do this, but one of my favorite things watching Titans football over the last however many years was Brett Kern booming a kick toward the sideline and the returner catching it and then realizing he had just taken his first step out of bounds. I just absolutely love that. <laughs> yeah, it was it was something that he really mastered. You know, Craig Hendrick had the knuckleball. Yeah. And when the, the funny thing is when Kern got here, the reason that he was cut by Josh McDaniels is because he had outkicked his coverage. And so – he was not known for being able to aim it or being able to put it inside the 20, and he developed all of those skills. He developed his own knuckleball. Um, 
he was just so consistent. I mean, last year, he did not have a good year by Brett Kern standards, and yet still 18 inside the 20 and only one touchback. So even, you know, it's, it's like kind of like a guy who hits 340 for his career only hitting 295 one year. You know, it's, it's all relative. And, and he came back and did a really good job in this camp. This looked like Brett Kern again. The, last year did not, but this did. He, he certainly was booming the ball. His aim was good. He did everything he could do. But he's at a point in time where he's on a football team that signed a young man who has a leg that I, I don't know that I've ever seen anything quite like it. There comes a time, and when you're going to make this decision, the, the question becomes, can you make this decision with as good a player waiting in the wings as Ryan Stonehouse? The answer is probably no. The other part of it, too, is let's face it. It's about cap room. This is a team that desperately is going to need cap room as we go from the salary cap being figured on your top 51 salaries to very quickly in the next few days being figured on your top 53 salaries, everybody on IR and your practice squad. So you're going to find, and, and you've seen it all over the league starting today, You'll hear more tonight, and you'll hear more in the morning. There will be surprises everywhere that don't have as much to do with performance, but have as much to do or have more to do with salary cap. I don't think that was the only reason for this. I do think Stonehouse was a huge reason, but it certainly factors. Searching HVAC near here. Right here, ma'am. How can we help? Wow. Nobody local? Huh. Wait, what? We are an HVAC company literally in your neighborhood. Why is she not seeing us? Just all the big chains. Well, it is what it is. What in the... Can you not see us? Nope, they can't see you. Because you're buried deep in the list of local HVAC providers. You are invisible online. Introducing Cumulus Boost. Get a boost, get found, get on the map. Learn more at CumulusBoost.com. Mike Keith with us on 3HL. Mike, uh, Brian Baldinger um, put out a, a little video with some commentary about the Malik Willis touchdown uh, to Traylon, and it was unbelievable. I didn't really realize it um, when I went back and watched it, but he threw it around a guy's body without even sure. being able to see Traylon Burks. Those arm angle, those slot throws are ridiculously skilled throws that I think make Titans fans really excited. Well, he's had to learn to do it. You know, this is not new for him because, I mean, he's only six feet and a half an inch. And, you know, it used to be if you were six feet and half an inch, you were not going to play quarterback in the NFL. Everybody that played quarterback in the NFL was 6'2 and over. But today, with the mobility factor – and the way offenses are, are sort of set, uh, Kyler Murray, Murray can play at 5'10". Guys can play at six feet tall. But what they learn to overcompensate is to use those arm angles. And clearly, he's very comfortable doing that. And when he makes a good decision and is decisive with the ball, then even having to do it in a bit of a way that is unorthodox is still able to be successful because he's on rhythm. And I think that's what we saw the other night. And we saw it in practice. Rhett Bryan pointed it out to me in practice last week, and I noticed the same thing. His, his decision-making was better. There was rhythm there. 
And, and that really is what gives you the most hope because from an athletic standpoint, the 50-yard run, fantastic, a great decision. The throw you're talking about, something that not everybody could do. But that's Kurt Warner-esque. You know, that was the first guy we really saw do that. And Kurt Warner did all of those things because he played arena football. Now what's developed is these shorter quarterbacks are having to learn different ways to do it. And this kid, I mean, he's got some gifts, I'm telling you. Is it enough to feel comfortable with him as your backup? I don't know. You know, because I, I don't know what happens in the room when they're on the board when they're talking about the various things that they're going to call in certain situations, how much of that does he grasp? Now, I will say this. What does jump out to me is the way his huddle and the way that they didn't have busted plays and the way that they're on time, they're not taking delay of game penalties, they're not having to take needless timeouts. That certainly, I would think, Dawn, factors toward the positive in that, but I can't answer really everything going with what, you know, with what they feel like, because you, you, you've got two main things there. You're thinking about, okay, the Titans have a one score lead in the fourth quarter with seven minutes to go. Who's the quarterback that can get them home? Who's the, who's the quarterback that gives you the chance to hang on to that and then you have the other part of it. If you have to change quarterbacks due to injury two minutes into the game, who would you rather have play the whole game? Yep. Uh, and, and I, you know, there are different things to weigh. I will not be surprised any decision that they make. I really will not. And there are some options that you could have early in the season and then choose to change those options up as you go through the year. And that may be what the Titans do. Mike, when you look at receivers, um, would you say the back half of these guys, when you talk about Traylon Burks, Kyle Phillips, Racy McMath being the guy that I saw, I believe, to really grow um, some respect and confidence in the guys throwing him the ball? Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think Racy did a good job. He had he had fallen off some in the last mm-hmm. week and a half. They They had given him more – and he had just not had that much production. And so that kind of stymied that excitement about him a little bit. And then he came back in the game the other night and and did a good job and shows those physical gifts. Des Fitzpatrick, even in spite of the drop, may be a more consistent player. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, to me, that's something that uh, may factor into all this. I I think where it's at, I I think your top two are – you know, Woods and Westbrook Akine, Phillips would feel like your slot. I think you see that Burks can play multiple positions. Those are probably your four. Right. The next one is going to have to play teams. That may give Racy the advantage in mm-hmm. terms of not only who you keep on the roster, but who you keep up on game day. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about Nicholas petit Frere, the uh, head coach uh, on the News 2 broadcast, saying that basically it's his job? Um, he, he he has performed really well, obviously, as a rookie starting a first game in an NFL situation. That's not ideal, but the guy has flashed for sure. Sure. I mean, he's done a great job. Uh, he's 
he's going to be a better athlete that we had at that spot last year. And I mean, no disrespect to David Questenberry's athleticism. I just think this is a bigger, more physical guy. And, you know, he was a five-star coming out of high school. He goes to Ohio state. He plays in the big 10. He's only going to get better. I would compare it a lot, in my opinion, to Nate Davis three seasons ago. You'll remember once Nate Davis got healthy, they put him in at right guard and just left him. And at a certain point, Nate Davis had some troubles. But as the year went along, Nate Davis became a big factor. And then in 2020, played really well. Took a step back last year, and I think there were some physical things that caused that in large part. But the point being... At a, at a certain moment in the National Football League, if you have an athlete who is just that much of a difference maker, you got to throw them in there, and you got to let them swim. And, again, not going to be beautiful all the time, but if that player is consistently better in a 17-game season, that's who you're going to need. Because the you know somebody who's a quote-unquote technician or, oh, well, he knows what to do, and, I mean, that's, that's great. But eventually those guys get found out. The big, nasty athletes are the ones who are able to come through. And, and what I like about Petit Frere is when in doubt, he just knocks the crap out of somebody. And yeah. that's, <laughs> he does. Yeah. That's what Mayor well, likes. That's what, yeah. And that, I, that should be put on a T-shirt. When in doubt, just knock the crap out of somebody. Yep. Um, <laughs> because especially when you play in the line, you know, that's, and that's what we've seen out of Brewer since Brewer started playing as a rookie. And that's why they like Brewer so much is he'll fight you. And, and when it's not going right, a guy just has to dig down deep and just say, you're not getting to my quarterback. I don't know what I'm going to do to stop you, but I can promise you you're not going to get there. And that's the part of it, you know, as he learns technique, as he learns footwork, I think he's going to be a really, really good player for the Titans. How do you think it works uh, out um... – with regard to, like, the slot corner situation. They were moving people around in this preseason game. I'm just curious what what you think about that. Well, I think it's going to go according to matchups. You want to have more than one option because in some weeks, you know, you're going to be playing three, four wide the whole game, and in other weeks you're going to have teams that try to uh, get you into the nickel, and then they're going to run. What Ugo Amadi does well, really, really well, is he, he's a good run defender. He'll hit you. And so that part of it factors in. And, and you know, you've got to make proper reads in order to do that. That was something Logan Ryan was very good at for the Titans. He was a very good run defender in those situations. And you really respected that. He could make the read, and then he'd come up, and he'd pop the guy. Because when you're in the nickel, you're smaller. So some teams are going to try to mush you by sort of outflanking you size-wise. You've, you've got to be able to have that. McCreary hasn't done a lot of that, but McCreary certainly can cover. Not saying he won't hit. I'm just saying he doesn't have that kind of experience. So if Molden can't go, then I think you may use different nickels, especially early in the year, for different situations. Interesting. Voice of the Titans, Mike Keith. Uh, Mike, through the preseason, can't wait to start it off, man. Let's get going. Let's go now. Hey, Mike, <laughs> let me ask you something. Right. Too. When, when you get to this point in the season, right here at the beginning, and you got to do the Titans, 
But how much of that, that orange blood in you starts to bubble up, knowing that you got something <laughs> going on on Thursday? Well, that's why I'm doing the event with you tomorrow night at the Franklin this Theater. This is true. This is right. For the Williamson County University of Tennessee Alumni Association, tomorrow night, Ron Slay and me are there uh, raising money for students to get scholarships to go to the University of Tennessee from Williamson County. They are restarting the Williamson County chapter of the UT Alumni Association. We're excited about that, and we'll be there tomorrow night at 6 o'clock, and hopefully a lot of balls will come out and see us. And uh, going to visit with Brent Hubbs, too, and sort of get the mm-hmm. update from Knoxville about uh, the balls 48 hours away from the opener. So that's tomorrow night. Six o'clock at the Franklin Theater. I used to go watch movies at the Franklin Theater, and now I get to be part of a show there. I'm fired up. <laughs> yeah, let's do it, baby. I love it. Thank See you, Mike. You Good stuff, man. All, All right. right. There All right. is Mike Bye-bye. Keith, voice of the Titans.